The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. At Zed, we're all about moving with the times. And now it's time to be part of the climate change solution and move on from fossil fuels. As a company providing fuel to people all over the country, we also know we have a real opportunity to lead that change. We're committed to keeping Aotearoa moving by providing the right energy for everyone. We believe that innovation in fuel and how it's used can make a huge difference to our planet. Find out more at z.co.nz. Tēnā koutou katoa, this is Toby Manhire with a special bonus one-off mini extra Gone By Lunchtime edition. Shortly before midnight last night, on Thursday the 8th of September, Buckingham Palace uh, put out a statement and it said, following further evaluation this morning, the Queen's doctors are concerned for Her Majesty's health and have recommended she remain under medical supervision. End quote. And it was pretty clear from that statement, I happened to be awake um, for my sins when that came out just before midnight, and that's language they don't normally use. The doctors are concerned. Um, and and at the same time, the Queen's eldest son and heir to the throne, Prince Charles, his siblings, his wife Camilla, Prince William, a whole lot were heading on up to Balmoral Castle in Scotland, where the Queen has been. Of recent times, that's where she received Liz Truss and uh, swore her in as Prime Minister just the other day. Prince Harry even was on his way up there. And so, look, it was pretty It was pretty clear that it was very serious at that point. And then uh, when we woke up this morning uh, on Friday, New Zealand time, the, there was the news. The Queen had died, 96 years old. After an amazing, really, 70 years, 214 days on the throne, her firstborn, Charles, um, sprightly 73 years old, succeeds her and has become king. He will have his um, formal coronation in the days ahead. There's a period of mourning. Tributes have uh, flowed, as you would expect, led by Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand and the Governor-General, Cindy Carreau. Um, and, you know, while you might not guess it from the welter of coverage that the royals normally get, the monarch is is a kind of important integral, maybe, certainly uh, important uh, figure right at the top there of our, of our political apparatus in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, Queen Elizabeth is or was our head of state, and as of now our head of state is King Charles III. Um, to talk about all that, uh, we didn't quite get on to Meghan and Harry, but we'll do that next time. Uh, we called up Professor Andrew Geddes. Um, he teaches law at Otago University. He's an expert on constitutional matters and uh, knower of many things. 
hit play on that conversation now, but first, a big thanks to Spinoff members for making this podcast possible, and thank you to Tiahe Butler, uh, a magnificent producer. Kia ora, Andrew Geddes. Yeah, kia ora, Toby. Um, thank you for coming on this special mini Gone by Lunchtime. Uh, we're talking about the the death of the Queen, but more generally about what it means in terms of New Zealand's constitutional setup, and we might touch a bit on the Republican push as well. Let's start off by talking about the head of state. Jacinda Ardern is sometimes described as the head of state, and that's just plain wrong. The Governor-General is sometimes described as the head of state, and that's closer to the truth. In fact, the head of state in New Zealand is the hereditary monarch uh, based in the United Kingdom, Yesterday, the head of state was Elizabeth II. Today, the head of state is Charles III, which we're just starting to get our heads around and our mouths around. What does that mean, Andrew Geddes? What is a head of state? And where where does it fit in our kind of uh, constitutional uh, constellation? Yeah, so the the head of state is the sovereign in right of New Zealand, uh, to to give them their sort of formal title. Mm. and the sovereign plays kind of a weird role in our constitutional setup. In sort of informal terms, if you just look at sort of what's written on the paper, mm. uh, everything flows down from the sovereign. So the sovereign appoints the governor general as they are representative of New Zealand. The governor general appoints the prime minister to sort of head the government. Uh, the sovereign is the one who signs acts of parliament into law. Uh, the sovereign has the power to conduct treaties with other countries and so on and so on. So if, if you look just at sort of the written, you know, on the paper powers, the sovereign uh, is in essence, you know, at the head of everything, gets, gets to run everything. Mm. Of course, in reality, the way the system actually works is that the sovereign, the, the, you know, the, whoever happens to be the king and queen of England at any given time, uh, is, is a bit of a puppet figure. They, they must always do what they're told by the elected politicians in New Zealand. That's one of the core, what's called constitutional conventions, the mm. rules of the game. Mm. And if they were ever to try to do anything different, uh, we just kick them out and get rid of them, and that would be Republic straight right there and then. So the, the, the head of state uh, is the sovereign of New Zealand. The sovereign plays this role uh, in our constitution as kind of, in theory, at the head of everything. In practice, a kind of puppet uh, figurehead who uh, continues to uh, exercise certain powers, but only as they're told to do so by the democratically elected uh, representatives of New Zealand. And of course, in practice, also while the sovereign, you know, is the king and queen of England, their local representative, the governor general, is the one who actually does the day-to-day work, the one who actually mm. fills in the formal role in the country. And that that the, that governor general, as you mentioned, is formally appointed by the king or queen, but in practice, not quite. So the governor general is whoever the prime minister of New Zealand tells the king or queen of England, "I want you to appoint this person as our local representative." And the king or queen goes, "Yep, well, you know, who am I to do anything different? I must follow your advice," and just goes ahead and does that. The governor general however, does have a bit more, uh, I suppose, practical power, don't they? And, and, and we don't see it exercised an awful lot, but it's mm. kind of there in reserve. I mean, Australia, of course, had that 1975 constitutional mm. crisis. Is that the way, way to describe it? Where, where Whitlam was dismissed by the Governor-General. Um, I forget his name. Yeah. That sort of thing could, at least in theory, happen here, couldn't it? 
Uh, yeah, well, so in, as I said, in legal terms, in formal terms, it's the Governor General as the representative of the Sovereign hmm. who appoints the Prime Minister and also appoints individual ministers to their office. Now, after each election, it's clear who the Prime Minister ought to be. It's whoever the majority of members of Parliament give their support to. And the, the Governor General automatically appoints whoever that person is as Prime Minister. And then once you've got a Prime Minister, the Governor-General automatically appoints whoever the Prime Minister says ought to be a minister to be a minister. There is the potential for there to be a situation where you could have someone who's a serving Prime Minister, hmm. and because the coalition that they are leading falls apart, it then becomes a question, are they actually supported by a majority in the House or not? Or you could have an election where, and you know this is entirely possible, but 120 MPs, you get a 60-60 split. Hmm. And it's just not clear, well, you know, no one's got majority support. In those sort of situations, the Governor-General holds what's called the reserve powers of the Crown. The Governor-General can independently say, look, because it's not clear which... Uh, political figure has majority support in the House of Representatives, hmm. I have no option but to step in and kind of act independently, sack the Prime Minister, call for a new election, something along those lines. Now, that's never happened in New Zealand. Um, it would only happen in New Zealand in the most extreme of circumstances where basically the House of Representatives can't sort the issue out for itself. And if it ever did happen, uh, it would be a legitimate constitutional crisis. It would be kind mm -hmm. of, whoa, mm -hmm. the rules of the game just don't apply here. And in that scenario, however unlikely, yeah, sure. uh, the Governor-General is is, wouldn't uh, defer to or even consult with the King or Queen in Buckingham Palace, would they? Or might they? No, no, no. So, they, so the Governor-General wouldn't ring up Charles, well, look, the Governor General might put in a courtesy call to Child, yeah, as he yeah. is now, and sort of say, look, you know, I, I'm in this real problematic state, and I, as your representative, I'm letting you know what the situation is. But the uh, the idea that Child would then say, well, actually, Cindy, or whoever happens to be the Governor General, you know, I independently happen to think that rather you ought to do blah, blah, blah. Mm. I mean, that would be pretty unfathomable, really. I mean, the reality is New Zealand is New Zealand, it has its own problems, its own individual kind of ways of doing things, and there, you just cannot see a circumstance in which a king or queen sitting in London would try to trump the local representative. We've, we've, um, we've all watched the uh, exacting political documentary The Crown, of course, <laughs> so we know yeah. a thing or two. Is it fair to say that the involvement of the monarch of the day is more involved in... Uh, British politics in Westminster than uh, our Governor-General is here, or how does that work? Well, I mean, it, it, it would be hard to, um, you know, extrapolate, because you know, each Governor-General may have kind of a slightly different way of doing things. Mm. I, I mean, I don't want to make up that the Governor-General is just a absolute, you know, rubber stamp figurehead. The Governor-General does have what's called an advisory capacity, which is, you know, can sometimes say to a the elected politicians, okay, I hear you're advising me to do this, but you really want me to do it? Mm. Really? And especially where the Governor-General is asked to be asked to do something where there are legal constraints. So, for instance, creating regulations under Acts of Parliament may require the Governor-General's signature. But the Governor-General could only create regulations if the Act of Parliament allows him or her to do so. 
Mm. So it may be that a minister might say to the Governor-General, under this Act, I want you to create this regulation. And the Governor-General may say, well, are you really sure the Act lets me do that? I mean, are you absolutely certain I have the legal power to do this? And if they're told, yeah, you do, well, then they'll go ahead. But they can, you know, have that kind of checking. You know, you really want me to do this. And then if they're told, yeah, they have to. But um, in terms of the kind of thing that you saw in the crown where you saw the queen kind of almost trying to lead the government in one direction or another hmm. that I suspect doesn't happen in the same way um, because the governor general member serves one maybe two terms at most they don't have 70 years of kind of you know familiarity and kind of uh, you know, security to be able to fall back on and also you know the queen the bloody queen right <laughs> Uh, which is slightly different to a representative who happens to be sitting in another country. And no corgis. That's another well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, important consideration. We know it's a true power lay, yeah. Look, yeah. there's been, there's been, in, in the, this morning, understandably, there's a, there's a sense that there needs to be a period of, uh, of, of mourning and, and of respect and, uh, there's sort of a ceasefire, a cessation of hostilities in terms of the Republican versus monarchist debate. But I feel like we're kind of yeah. coming to the end of that. And if you, and if, and if, and if it does offend your sensibilities, then feel free to turn off this podcast now but andrew what is the let's start on let's start on the the, the monarchist side i mean you've just described uh what is looks for the most part to be uh, uh a collection of figureheads a sort of a sort of ornamental system an important one that has some reserve powers admittedly given that that's important, and but given that most of our consumption of royal news seems to be on a, <laughs> a non-constitutional level um, in, the, in terms of the roles of Meghan and Harry and whatnot, but given all of that, what is the argument for a constitutional monarchy, for a hereditary monarchy? What is the what is the what is the argument that is put in defence of keeping a system that ostensibly seems, I suppose, you know, wafer thin? Well, it's worked pretty well. Hmm. You know, I mean, I think that's probably the strongest argument is, look, you know, it's a system we've run under in New Zealand, you know, ever since we got independent nation status and uh, started to be able to appoint our own people as the governor general and all that sort of thing. Uh, and it's led to frequent transfers of power in a peaceful manner. It's led to a pretty settled political system that's not prone to crises. Hmm. Probably you could say the strongest thing about it is that you've got a head of state, be it the queen, king, or their local representative, who knows their place and knows that their place is essentially uh, a figurehead one that is, you know, to be directed by the elected officials uh, and the people's representatives and doesn't go off and try to do their own things. So you don't have that risk of there being a power tussle at the top that could exist if you had a president or someone, you know, who feels, well, actually, you know, I've got my own independent basis for doing what I want, mm -hmm. therefore I can sort of, you know, try to get my own way. So I think the very strongest argument for it is, you know, aside from questions of tradition, aside from questions of, you know, uh, colonial linkages, aside from questions of history, a simple, well, look, it's worked pretty damn well. And in matters of the Constitution, where you've got, you know, basically you're trying to run a country in a way that... Um, you know, in the first place, doesn't screw up. Well, you, you know, you seem to have a system that's working pretty well. At Zed, we're all about moving with the times. And now it's time to be part of the climate change solution and move on from fossil fuels. 
As a company providing fuel to people all over the country, we also know we have a real opportunity to lead that change. We're committed to keeping Aotearoa moving by providing the right energy for everyone. We believe that innovation in fuel and how it's used can make a huge difference to our planet. Find out more at z.co.nz. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. The new king, uh... Charles Mountbatten Windsor, <laughs> spring chicken, septuagenarian. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an interesting fish, isn't he? Uh, he he mm. he has been, I suppose, more vocal on a lot of issues. There were the black spider letters that kind of emerged um, in mm. 2015. There was mm. just just recently, it was reported that he had a go at Boris Johnson's government over its. Um, over its policy to send asylum seekers to Rwanda. He called that appalling. Mm. I think he's right. Mm. I also mm. think it's a little troubling when he starts getting involved in matters of uh, government policy. He, There was a book that came out recently um, co-written by Geoffrey Palmer, the former prime minister, and uh, Gwen Palmer-Steeds. And it had an interview with Jacinda Ardern in it. And Jacinda Ardern said of her interactions with the Queen that she heard from her from, <laughs> from time to time, she said, of Charles, I've spoken to Prince Charles on a number of issues. He's incredibly interested in what we do on environmental issues, comma, mm. very engaged. And I mm. read that and I was troubled by that <laughs> because... Mm. He has acknowledged that he, he's, 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 he's on the record as saying he will not be interventionist. He will continue in the traditions mm. of his mum. Mm. Um, but there is that risk, and I think it's quite a strong argument for a, moving towards a republic just because that risk exists, that he decides, I don't approve of this thing that's going on. I'm just going to get the prime minister on the phone. And then, then we're in trouble, aren't we? Well, I mean, it would be interesting to see, A, if he does do that. I mean, it's, it's one of these sort of things. I mean, when you, if you think about Charles' life, it must have sucked, right? I mean, he spent all this time <laughs> in his mum's shade, mm. sort of just waiting. Mm. And he must have got just bored out of his tree. Mm. You know, you're, you're on the bench, you're on the bench, you're on the bench, you're always just waiting, waiting, waiting. And so you can sort of see why he maybe has got a little bit, you know, well, why not sort of flex my muscles and say what I sort of think on matters because it doesn't really matter because mum's there forever anyway. Mm. And, you know, once you step up to, like, the big job, um, then I think the pressure 
really does sort of come to much more on to sort of, no, 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 you're no longer Charles with your views, you are the king and those step in the background. So I think we need to note that. The second thing is, even if he was to decide that he wanted to, you know, pick up the phone and have a phone call with Jacinda or Todd or whoever it is that we have next, um, uh, the um, the way in which that would be handled, I think, would be that the Prime Minister would say, well, look, thank you very much, I appreciate your interest in this, but you shouldn't be doing this. I mean, I honestly think the Prime Minister would sort of give that message hmm. that it's not really okay or appropriate uh, for that sort of direct interest in New Zealand affairs to be shown. Um, and that, you know, we've got our own local representative, we've got our own, you know, person who channels the crown into our system, and you can come and have your little visits and be interested in us while you're visiting, but otherwise, keep your nose out of it. I suppose... And if, I, I suppose it's, it just as a hypothetical, even as a you know, as a thought experiment, though, mm. the the it, it just seems to kind of, I guess, express arguably the absurdity of a setup where we have sure. someone who, by a fluke of birth, has oh, yeah. even if not exercised, even if you're almost certainly right that that would be rebuffed, it's still mm. there, it's still written down, mm. and it's still mm-hmm. power, isn't it? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, you know. If we had a blank slate, right, if we, we had a blank page mm. and we were trying to work out, you know, how would you set New Zealand's system of government, et cetera, up, yeah, yeah. there's no way we would do it today to say that our head of state will be who happens, whoever happens to have come out of, excuse me if this offends of your listeners, who happens to come out of a woman's vagina in a particular order will be the head of state, right? I mean, we go, okay, that's just madness. We're not going to do that. But... That's the system that we've inherited, and kind of with all constitutions and set up, there's kind of a past dependency, right? Once you've got something in place and you're used to something and that something's gone on, you know, you tend to stick with it unless you've got really good reasons to want to switch. And the really good reasons for wanting to switch, you know, the whole Republican debate is hmm. that, you know, having someone sitting in a palace on the other side of the world, in theory, our sovereign and in theory in charge of our entire system of government is ridiculous. And if we're a true proud nation, Aotearoa in New Zealand and the South Pacific in the 21st century, we ought to have that person being a New Zealander who is based here in New Zealand. That just works for, that makes much, much more sense. Mm. And so you've got kind of a, you know, a knockdown, unarguable, symbolic kind of argument. Like if we're a modern, independent nation, our people should be in charge of us versus a kind of, yeah, but look, we've done it the other way for a long time, and it's worked pretty well, and, you know, we kind of like the feel that we've got, you know, this connect back to the United Kingdom, and, I mean, Liz was great. She worked really, really well, and Charles might be, you know what I mean? Hmm. So that's the clash, I think, that really underlies the Republican debate, much more so than any kind of real political or real power dynamics, Um and yeah, yeah. So that, and in a sense, that what makes that's what makes it almost quite a hard one to have because you've got an argument about people's sympathies or people's yeah. attachment to symbols yeah. or a, a, those sort of things that you're you're having to address. And we'll find out, I suppose, that because that sentiment that you describe, that 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 sort of sentimentality, that attachment, mm. that vibe, if you will, is a lot to do with a woman who has enormous mm. gravitas, sure. who has been on the throne for more than most of us 
have been on the earth <laughs> and, uh, you know, has by almost, by almost every assessment performed exceptionally. Uh, mm. As you say, tough gig for the new guy, the young fellow, yeah. uh, the firstborn. <laughs> um, we've seen already Barbados recently moved to become a republic. Jamaica, I think, is on, on the way there. Yeah. Australia recently appointed an assistant minister for a republic. There are, mm. you know, it's, 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 it's fashionable for leaders, to, including, I think, Jacinda Ardern, to say, I imagine we will become a republic in our lifetime. Was it, mm. I'm, I'm not sure whether it was Keating who had a republican streak or someone, or, or other Australian mm. leaders who have said they, 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 they couldn't imagine becoming a republic when Elizabeth was on the throne. Well, mm. you know, that, what, what's sure. striking about that is what it doesn't say, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess if you entertain the possibility that that might happen, what 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 would what would we need to replace it with? Because we can't just get we can't just cut that cord and, and be done with it. Not with just, especially not when we've just got one house of parliament. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's, that that I think is a sixty four thousand dollars question, right? I mean, on the one hand, it's pretty easy to say let's just have a New Zealanders or a head of state, mm. but once you start to parse that out into. Uh, both what it means technically in legal terms, but also uh, practically in terms of, you know, just for instance, how you go about choosing them and issues like that, mm. things start to get slightly more gnarly. Um, I mean, one one issue, of course, that also lies in the back of it all is uh, the question of tetrariti. Mm. And, you know what, if you are cutting that link with the British monarch and the crown as we understand it, in that sort of 19th century colonial sense. Yes. Ooh, you know, what? how does that work? Now, I think there are answers to all of that. Um, they're, they're probably not totally straightforward. Like, I mean, there's some argument that you just basically get rid of the idea of the sovereign and just make the governor-general our head of state. And, you know, so the governor-general is the sovereign's representative rather than maybe the sovereign's representative. You just say they are the head of state yeah. and they get to do everything that the sovereign would do. That would be a really sort of quickish, easyish way to do it. There'd still be uh, some issues that we'd have to consider and some questions we'd have to consider around um, uh, what that then makes the Governor General into and their their sort of powers and whether we're comfortable with them holding all those powers. Mm. It would also raise the question of how you choose who that is. I mean, I think having the Prime Minister just being able to choose whoever they want would fly. Mm. But, you know, do we then get Parliament to elect by a supermajority or something that could be dealt with and so on? I think, though, the more intense question would be, once you start to talk about creating a republic and redefining our understanding of ourselves as a nation, you're going to open up at least the possibility of debates about much wider constitutional changes. And, okay, if we're no longer, you know, this link to the United Kingdom and we're no longer a sort of ex-colony living down in the South Pacific but our own independent nation, well, are we a completely bicultural, bidural nation? Uh, you know, what is the role of Māori, what is the role of Tetariti, and so on, in our constitution, etc. Yeah, yeah. And those are the big questions that, frankly, governments get really... I mean, you think the discussion around uh, uh, co-governance is a problem. You yeah. know, try picking that up one more level. And, and these, things, these things already tend to quite often take years and years and years and 
kind of end up in a filing cabinet, don't they? So it's got to have a kind of, you'd have to have a will and a drive, that sort of energy behind it to make something happen, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, to be honest, what you'd need is someone like a Jeffrey Palmer, for those who've got a, you know, a mindset going back a little while, someone who really, really cares about the stuff, really, really wants to push it through and has the political sort of mana to be able to actually do so. He sort of of already has, hasn't he? (laughs) Well... (laughs) He did a lot, but he, you yeah. know, he, didn't, he didn't get he didn't get everything he wanted. <laughs> Maybe he'd come back for a second. Day. Oh well, I mean, he did all the work. I just I'm not sure he got that much of it all. Just 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 touching yeah. uh, again on that point that you raise about Tetsuditi. Um, yeah. The the or, m- most of that that, that I did that the, the the signing was between a British representative of the Crown and. Yep. Tangata Whenua or Iwi, yep. right? And that is a thing that has to... The, how you stitch that back together in a new system is critical. Yes. So, I mean, the, the, we have this nebulous concept within our constitution called the crowd. Yeah. So we have this thing called the crowd, um, which means a whole lot of different things uh, and, and when it's used in different ways. And so, of course, the, the Tetariti is signed between the crown and the various the various uh, hapuiwi signatories uh, of Māori. Um, once you make the cut between, you know, New Zealand and the United Kingdom, it would be weird if we kept referring to things as the crown. Yeah. It would be weird to still have the crown as somehow representing New Zealand society or state. So we'd have to get a new concept. We'd have to have something new to replace that. And would it be the New Zealand state? Would it be the New Zealand people? Would it be, you, you, you know, so we'd have to, we need, we need to find a different way to sort of talk about the collective nature of the country uh, in legal terms. And what exactly that would look like, again, is unsurmountable. You know, plenty of other places have, you know, had these sort of debates and moved through it. But it is still a debate and something needs to work through. Thank you very much, Andrew Geddes. You are, you are officially our royal correspondent for the spin-off now, among your other accolades. Just quickly, you're That's on, you're on, a, on the, the, the government-appointed panel to, to review electoral law. Uh, Indeed. Do you think you could just sneak in there, become a republic, just, just sort of chuck it in there <laughs> somewhere like in a footnote and just so that it kind of gets gone, pushed through with something else? Major constitutional changes out of scope for that. Uh, particular enterprise. Just, just asking for I a footnote. Hey, great to chat. <laughs> Talk again yeah, soon. Yeah. You too. Take Cheers. care. Bye. Bye-bye. Kia ora e te iwi. Te ai he butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.